Communion, communion this morning. I'm here. World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. And you caught me doing a little bit of research here right at the end. Just before we get I just had a question that popped into my popped into my head. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I think it was Paul said that one. That's what I was that's what I was Googling there. Yes. Romans chapter seven. What where is that deal? Is that deal? Rome, Rome, yes, Romans chapter seven. I want to talk about that today. I want to talk to I want to talk about that today. The who will deliver me from this body of death? It's a pretty profound statement, isn't it? And I want to, I have to confess to you, I don't have to, I will confess to you that for the most part of my Christian walk, I had no idea what that even meant. I had no idea. And I, w- I would say today that the average Christian that you, do you have any idea? I was, ta- I was talking to Michelle yesterday. I love my wife so much. I, I was talking to Michelle yesterday about really uh, how shallow most Christians are in their faith walk. They don't know the word. They, we just got in a little bit of a discussion here before we got gone over the Trinity, the Holy Trinity. And is the Holy Trinity, oh, I'm, I can't go there because I just get in a fight. I don't want to. But again, it comes back to the same stuff. We believe what we've heard and been taught by somebody else without really the verification of it. That's how we get so many different denominations. That you have. That's how you have charismatics who believe in speaking in tongues and all the spiritual gifts and Baptists who don't believe in it. Now, friends, both of those positions cannot be true. They can't be. Did the, did the gifts cease or did they not cease? They can't both be true. And, and all of us are prisoners of the environment in which we were raised, the doctrines and theology in which we were trained in, and dare I say it, the Christians whom we hang around with. And one of the real issues that we're dealing with is we're we're fighting against a unified army of Luciferians. They're unified. God, they're so unified. And what is their what is their sole purpose? Where their sole purpose is destruction of the those created in the image of God. That is the body of death. That is their sole focus. But that's not the sole focus in modern Christianity. The focus in modern Christianity is, is there one? Is there one? We focus on the, we, we focus on the spiritual gifts. We focus on healing and deliverance. And that stuff's all, that's all important. But we don't even, from, a, from a, this high, think about it now. From this high, what were you trained? What were you trained in, in, in Sunday school? Catechism. Were you, were you, 
were you trained about how loving and nice Jesus was and painted pictures of Noah's ark and lions and tigers and bears, oh my, and uh, uh, told stories about these? Or were you trained from the very young age? Should we beginning, begin training children at a very young age that they have a wicked? Isn't it amazing? The young kids are always concerned about who's hiding under their bed who's hiding in the closet, that they have, a, they have an innate sense, all human beings have an innate sense of evil. They can't explain it. They may not know what it's about, but they know there's such a force out there as evil. And shouldn't we at a very young age begin to train our children that evil does exist? Now, is that the focus of the American church? No, no, the focus of the American church is how much Jesus loves us, <clears throat> died for all of that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Maybe if we taught our children at, from a young age about the dark side and the spiritual influences of the dark side and why being a Christian and receiving Christ and walking in truth, why it's important from a young age rather than covering, coloring pictures of rainbows and, and Noah's Ark. Taught them the real reason. This is what's going on. This is why this is important. Otherwise, you wake up and you're 27 years old and you don't even believe anymore because all the stuff they taught you was, all the stuff they taught you was nothing more than fairy tales. We know it was real, but oh my goodness, getting in the mouth of Jonah and they tell the story about the whale swallowing you and spitting you out. You with me? So we're not, we're not training, training them from a very young age about the forces. I never taught my children nor my grandchildren that there might be something hiding under their bed. But they innately knew it. Something's hiding under their bed. Now, we know that it wasn't under their bed. We know that it was the sense of darkness when the light went out. Ooh, that'd preach. When the light went out and darkness seeped in. Young children themselves even understand that there is a dark force and that the light makes that evil go away. That light either makes that evil go away or at least makes the evil hide. When our grandchildren come over to stay, what do they all want when we put them in bed? What do they all want? Grampy, can you leave the light on? Folks, that's deep. It's really, really deep. That we teach children about the love of God, and we should. But we don't teach them from a young age that it's a war. It's a war. And here's what's going on. Because why? We don't want to scare them. Dudes, they're already scared. As soon as those lights go out, they have a sense of evil. How many times do your grandkids come up to you and talk about the bad guy? Grampy, is that a good guy or a bad guy? As I'm watch, as sometimes when I'm watching videos, good guy or bad guy, Grampy, they want to know right away. They know good and evil. They have an understanding of good and evil. We cartoonize it. We make it cartoons and make-believe. When the very forces of darkness are right in their faces, and they sense it. I'm going to talk about that. Why? This is good. I'm going to talk about that here in a second. Um, I want to have, uh, folks, we're going to, uh, as Myra prays this in, go get your communion. 
and uh, we're going to have Myra pray, pray us in, and then uh, we're going to take communion, and then we're going to talk about some dark stuff. Go ahead, Myra. Coach, I will be delighted too. <laughs> it is it, it is, is sort of a food flicker Friday, sort of one, sort of one. Go ahead, Myra. I'm sorry. No, no problem, Coach. It is written, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 18. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as the thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, they sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, Britain, are not in darkness, that, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all children of light and the children of the day, and we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, mm. let us not sleep as to others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Is this, amazing? is this amazing that she is talking about exactly what I just referenced? Go ahead. Sure, coach. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for and helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we shall live together with him. Amen. Wherefore, comfort Amen. yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonished you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among them yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the freedom-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man but ever follow which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love and joy to you in jesus name amen 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 boy i could preach right there but amen. i'm going to preach on something else go ahead joe lead us in in the uh, uh, communion here this morning thank you coach well good morning everybody and this is always for me a bit of a journey as to how many different ways we can look at what our Lord has done for us, how many different perspectives. But in the end, his father gave his only begotten son. <coughs> and the son 
at the last moments on the cross said it is finished and that meant so much it meant so much more than just our salvation it meant the restoration of all that was lost with the fall in the garden and we our, our focus has always been on on our salvation which includes eternal life but that also is salvation to restoration of the authority that we have and it's also allows us to have access to what christ purchases for us and isaiah 53 5 his stripes purchased our healings of our sicknesses our infirmities and I also believe our uh, stressful challenges that, 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 that we go through, all things that hurt and harm and damage this, this earthly vessel, they were all fixed and repaired and paid for in advance by the Lord. And so today I'd like to uh, remind us uh, that communion is the meal that heals. And it might just be healing our spirit. It might just be be healing our spiritual walk for that for this day. And it might be healing our bodies. Um, but as we approach communion, remembering that we're sitting at the right hand of the Father as a part of the body of spiritual Christians sitting with our Lord far above where our fleshly bodies are sitting now um, in this world of challenges and all the things we're facing here. We, and when we take communion, let us take it from that perspective and let us remember that it can he heal what ails us if we so put our faith in that direction. So in, in this light, uh, let's bow our heads for a moment. Dearly Father, each of us here, of close our eyes, we ask you to forgive us of our transgressions, bring us, cleanse into your sight, and we forgive those who have transgressed against us, Lord, because we know that we are not forgiven unless we forgive. And so, see us cleansed in your sight as we take Holy Communion this morning. We bless this bread and this drink or wine, which represents the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank our Father for giving up your only begotten son for our sakes, for the sake of this world of which we are a part. Amen. 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 And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples. <laughs> Take, eat. This is my body.
And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Guide and protect us to this day. Amen. 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 Thanks, Joe. Betty's tonight. You're going to Betty's tonight. I want to say safe travels to everybody. That the Lord puts a hedge of protection around angel armies on them. I can't wait to see you all. Love you. What time we tip off, Betty? Five. Oh man. You better, yeah. have, something you better have something to eat, Betty. I'm uh, not gonna have nothing. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh hey, the men's meeting is Sunday, month Sunday from one until three. A new announcement. Men, bring some drinks, will you? Because we've been debating, do we have pop? Do we have water? Bring bring some drinks. Bring whatever you want to drink, all right? Bring that with you. And that's going to tip off. It's going to go from 1 until 4. It's going to be a good time. Great weather, mild weather. Uh, I don't even know if we have the address up on there. Does anybody? Uh, contact Dennis. He'll get you all straightened out. I'd love to see as many of it. You can say Sky High, Thornville, Ohio. That doesn't tell you where it is, though, does it? So uh, <laughs> figure it out, I guess, or, or email me or text me or whatever. We'll make sure you get there, okay? Cool, cool. Um, anybody good to the group here before before I dive in? Got something all over me this morning, really. <clears throat> anybody? I guess that's a no. Here's a, hey, folks, there's a delay. Some listen on uh, online, some listen on Facebook, some listen, listen different places. So there's a, a, there's a delay. I would suggest all of you, it would be just so much easier if everybody just went to CoachDaveLive.com, then we'd all be on the same same thing, and we wouldn't have the delays. And, you know, sometimes there's like a 10, 15-minute uh, delay in what I say and to what some of you are hearing, and that causes delays when we try to bring bring people in, okay? Look, uh, really, really important, I'm going to uh, – how do I do this? I think it's important that, that, that uh, yesterday – we were talking about courage, and I thought it was really, I thought it was really, really powerful yesterday. Meyer, you want to say something? Which I, I just want to give thanks to the Lord for all of us for the events coming up for the men's retreat and Betty's, and for I personally, and I think all of us are learning and growing uh, from being with us um, in the huddle. Hebrews four twelve. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hallelujah. Okay, so we use words like that. That's we, we use words like that, and and we look at me, folks. I am not a I'm not a theologian. I'm not a seminary trained guy, okay? And I'll be honest with you, during all across my spiritual walk, there's been a mixing of different doctrines and theologies that have come into my life. I didn't, I was raised Catholic, but Michelle and I left the Catholic Church when I went to college. Well, she didn't, we weren't married then. I went to college and left Catholicism. I never returned to it. 
And I, I was in a Lutheran church for a while. I was in several de non-denominational churches for a while. And then I got born again. And we are all a product of what, the environments that we were raised in, all right? And, uh, uh, you know, we've spoken many times, and Mark Trump introduced to us the idea of first truth. When you get something in your head, you cannot get, when, when it returns, trust the government. That's the first truth that we have. It's hard for people to shake. Even today, we're dealing with an issue that people cannot believe that their government is wicked because they've been taught their whole life to trust the government. And what the government said, the government was looking out for us. It's the first truth that's hard for us to shake. And I, I want to throw this up because Stephanie just sent this because I was talking about you know, bad guys hiding under the bed. Stephanie said, children are always looking for superheroes. Did you notice that, friends? They innately are looking for a power greater than themselves. Batman, Superman, because those guys, Batman and Superman, stand up and fight against all the odds. They're heroes because they fight against overcoming forces. Then what do we do? Then, uh, then, then we show them Jesus in sandals <laughs> and love, 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 love. So the Jesus we're giving them isn't the power and authority Jesus, the almighty God. He's not a babe wrapped in swallowing clothes, lying in a manger. And that is what we teach our children. It's why we lose them. Because when they leave our, we've probably lost them already. They're sitting in our houses, going to church and being obedient. We've probably lost them already. And it just it just shows up when they leave our house. They go to college or go out on their own, and they have nothing. They have no faith, no faith. You know, I don't know if you guys know, uh, I, I uh, what's the word? I'm envious of Flip Benham. I don't know if you guys know who Flip Benham is. But do you know he's raised two of the most powerful young guys, his, his sons, Jason and David Benham, the Benham brothers. And... I wonder how many of us really, all of I'm talking about me now. How many of us in our own spiritual walk have made the training and equipping of our children in the faith the number one priority of our lives? I confess to you today, I didn't. I made the number one priority of my children get a good education, be a good citizen. And so you wake up and look around and your kids don't serve the Lord because you and I pass that job to, off to some lady in the kindergarten department at church and the youth group leader at church. It's the greatest failing that we've had as parents as we has, have farmed out the spiritual training of our children. Somebody confess, say, yep, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm, I'll wait for you to do yep. it. Lord, Amen. I'm guilty. I'm yes, guilty. yes. I'm yes. guilty. Yeah, yeah, I'm guilty. Because that's what the system trained us to do, right? What, don't, dare bring it, don't dare bring them into the congregation and listen to the pastor's sermon. They can't understand that. We have to, let's put them over here in this room and let them, let them draw rainbows and let them draw pictures of angels, right? They're not, they're not all, they get it. They understand good and evil. They're worried about the dude hiding under their bed at night. Oh my goodness, Lord help us. So we're in the mess that we're in today because uh, we haven't really taught them the, the basics. Go ahead, Dale, I feel you. Come on in. 
well, Coach, you know, the, the baby in the manger, it's a nice starting point. It was for God, too. But as I always say, when I got to split a mustache to give you milk, we have a problem here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Paul yeah. said in Romans, Romans 13, he says, when I was a child, I acted like a child. I reasoned like a child and I thought like a child. But when I grew up, I put this childish way behind me. And somewhere or another, we have taken these arrows that God has given us. These ch Listen, my kids aren't no Benham, and they're not no perfect, but brother, I've, I've reared them up to hit their mark. Brother, but we have taken them and put them, them arrows and the family crest on the walls in the home where we worship them and not take them down to use them for battle like they should be. Well, Dale, that's a great picture. They're, our children are bows and arrows hanging on the wall in our homes, aren't they? Huh? They're not, they're not something we load up in the car and take with us to the battlefield. We don't do that. We haven't trained them that way. Christians don't do that, right, folks? Uh, and we're suffering the consequences of that. Now, I, I've been really prompted by the Holy Spirit to go, go here this morning. Give me, about, give me about 10 minutes. And again, this is, this is my theology, okay? This is mine. I could be a little bit wrong. And by the way, if I'm wrong or if you don't agree with me, give me some slack, will you? I've never, ever come here and told you I have it all figured out, ever, ever. And I let the Holy Spirit guide us into all truth. I do that personally. I, people make comments in this show, and I think about that sometimes all day long. But, man, I never looked at it that way. People send me emails. I said, you know, God, I never looked at it that way. It doesn't scare me. Why would it scare you that somebody brings something to you that shows you that maybe what you've been believing wasn't true? You want, do you want to believe that your wife's faithful to you and find out later that she was sneaking out while you went to work? You want to believe something that's not true? Why would you want to do that? It's only the truth that sets us free. So we all give grace here a little bit as we walk through this thing called life, Christianity, spiritual war. Give me a little bit of grace. I know this. This will be a repetition to some of you. I didn't know this till I was 35, maybe 40 years old. Been in church my whole life. I never understood that man was made up of three parts. You guys know what the three parts are? Man's made up of, what are we? We have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to stop right there. That's Christianity 101. And I wonder how many of your children know that. That God, God formed man out of the dust of the earth, body, breathed in him the breath of life, spirit, and man became a living soul. Body, spirit, soul. Right there in Genesis. Now, I'm telling you this. Offer your children $500, and they won't be able to answer that. It's a shame that we don't understand this dichotomy of this, this natural world, physical world that we're living in. We don't understand the ABCs of that natural world. So what are we? I am a spirit who lives in a body, and I possess a soul. I'm a spirit. God breathed into man. There's a spirit, the breath of life. And man became a living soul, living soul. Breathed into him, spirit, soul, into the body, three parts. 
And the fight that we have all throughout our lives is over who is going to be in control of that spirit man. That's why it's important, folks. You are born with the breath of God into a physical body and given an immortal soul. I'm going to talk about that here too, too. An immortal soul. But when God breathed into you the breath of life, you became a living soul. You did not become a righteous man. Those are not the same thing. And so we are constantly surrounded and immersed in a culture and a society where we are dealing with other flesh suits, meat suits as Stephanie would call them, men who have been breathed into them the breath of life, their body formed out of the dust of the earth, breathed into them the breath of life, and become a living soul. But they are apart from Christ. Do you understand that, friends? You understand then that he tells us in John 3, 16, that God, that he said to Nicodemus, can you pull that up there? Pull up John 3 real quickly, Spence. I don't know if I, if I have that for you. Go to Bible Gateway or wherever, John 3. Folks, this is Christianity uh, ABCs, and we don't, we don't know them. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews. That said, the same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, pastor, father, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, because no man can do the miracles that you do except God be with him. And Jesus said unto him, uh, uh, hey, listen, dude, uh, except you're born again, your eyes aren't going to be open to spiritual things. And unless you're born again, you're going to see things from a natural plane. You will always see things from a natural plane because you're a carnal man. You're carnal. You have carnal desires. I'm going to get into that in a second, too. And other than that, you just... Your battery just running on you're just running on regular energy. And as long as you're going to do that, you ain't going to understand what's going on here. And uh, Nicodemus said, what, what are you talking about? How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter into his mom's womb a second time? Be born born? Jesus said, dude, come on, man. I'm telling you, unless you be born of water and spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of God. You can't enter, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because that which is born of flesh, we're all born of flesh, and we're flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. Every man born with a body, a soul, and a spirit, and you are anathema. You are an enemy of Christ until you're born again. Now, how do you get born again? It's a miracle. Who knows how that is? But it's some, somehow, somewhere along the line, it's an exchange of your old dead spirit man, your old dead soul, whatever, however you want to put it. It's an exchange of that old dead man for a new man. A, a, how, how about this? A recharge of your battery that turns you into a brand new creature. And according to what Jesus just told Nicodemus, once that happens to you, you now can see. You now have spiritual eyes and you can understand. You can see. Now, you, now you're on your way. But until you get that, you're just an old dead bag of bones walking around waiting to die. Fulfilling every last, having no way to push back or fight back. Whatever they do to you, you do. No right. You with me? You with me? I, I, I hate to tell you this. Amen. 
your churches are full of men and women who have never been born again. In fact, many of them are serving as elected officials. They call themselves Christians and conservatives, but they are dead men walking. They are, ba they are bags of dry bones. You understand that? Do you, you got to understand that. There are some of you watching right now who are still never born again. Oh, you got the head knowledge of being a Christian. You got all that stuff, but there ain't any fruit. The fruit that you have is made up, acted out publicly to look good. The wind blows wherever it will. You hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell where it comes from, where it goes. That's the way it is with everybody born of the Spirit. <laughs> That's the way it is. The Spirit's all around us. But until you're born again, you don't have the receptor. You don't have the, you don't have the computer program to understand it. So you then are a, what did I say you are? You are a spirit who lives in a body, and you possess a soul. So maybe we ought to stop for a minute and ask ourselves this very question. What is the soul? Because the soul is the part of you that will live or die forever somewhere. That's your soul, your mortal soul. We talk about soul all the time without ever really asking what the heck that means. And from again, I'm not a theologian, a lot of different things I've read, but from my understanding, the soul is who you, it is your personality. It is you who you are. In fact, the Bible says, teaches us that the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. And the mind, the will, and the emotions, that three part, remember, huh? What? Spirit, body, soul. Three parts. And so then the soul is mind, will, and emotions. And our entire battle on this earth is over control of the mind, the will, and the emotions. And how many times throughout the scripture are we told by Jesus, take captive every thought, mind, 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 take, take captive every thought and bring it into captivity, mind, will, will, and emotions, motions, motions controlling you, anger, lust, rage, whatever. And Jesus said, listen, dudes, you are not going to ever get control of you. You can be born again and out of control if you don't understand how this thing works. And we don't understand how this thing works. And now that I've been born again, I've now been, what the Bible says, been endued from on high with the ability to control my mind, my will, and my emotions. We all know this right now. If my wife came down these steps and she brought me one of her beautiful little things that she makes for breakfast, what do you call those, honey? It doesn't matter. If she brought me down a plate of those, I would have, I would have to make a decision. Do I want to eat it now or do I want to eat it later? And you know what? I'm pretty strong on that because I've gotten somewhat control of some of my fleshly habits, right? So I could say no to food, couldn't I? I could say no to it. Well, if you can say no to food, can you say no to porn? Can you say no to anger? 
Can you say no to all these other temptations? Well, you can, but you never have trained yourself to be able to do that. You don't understand your spiritual gifts. You don't understand that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, principalities, powers, the weapons of our warfare, not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, strongholds in your own life, the ability, the mind, the will, and the emotions working together with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit so that Paul said, oh, who will deliver me from this body of death, oh, wretched man that I am? Because the will is fighting against this... Uh, Boy, that fight goes back and forth. I want to, I don't want to, I do, I don't, I don't. And as a result, most of us don't understand that the spiritual battle is simply over your ability to say no or yes. Boom. Boom. That's the that is the whole battle. It's a whole battle. Whole battle. And we haven't been taught that. We haven't been trained in that. We don't realize that when temptation comes upon me, I have the ability to say no to it. Every action, look, you better hear this. Every action you make started with a thought. Everything that you do. And then you have to make the decision, are you going to give in to the thought or are you going to reject the thought? Are you going to bring that thought captive to the obedience of Christ and say, nope, I'm not doing that. That brings us back to where we were yesterday in fear. Because fear wiggles its way in there. Paul said the things that I do, I don't do. And the things I want to do, I don't do. Ah, wretched man that I am. Because he is a wretched man. We are all wretched men if we leave it all, all up to our own mind, will, and emotions. That's why Paul, that's what, was it Paul talked about the renewing of our mind. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by mercy, God present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the way you think. Not only the way you think, the way you respond to what you think. Well, you can't stop the thoughts, boys and girls. You can't stop them. They're going to come. But are your thoughts... Ruled by emotions, are you going to allow your emotions to control your actions and your behaviors? And a lot of you, the biggest problem you have in your life is you cannot control your emotions. Somebody amen. say amen. amen. Go ahead. It's okay. Good time amen. to keep Amen. amen. Your emotions get me amen. in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it isn't amazing that when you see one of your friends or a child or somebody who's being ruled by their emotions, you stand on the outside and you look at them and say, will you stop that? I say it to my grandkids all the time. Will you stop acting like a baby? Why? Because I can see the manifestation of an out-of-control emotion. Will you stop it? You That didn't hurt, right? And until we are, until we crucify the flesh and give ourselves power through the Holy Spirit over our carnal desires and carnal emotions, we're not, we're not. See, you're a dead man, but you're not really. We say we are, but we're really not. You understand if you walk out on the street and get run over by a car tomorrow, you didn't die. You just left this world. You didn't die. Do we really understand that? And what, what we understand, what Christianity teaches is when we die, it's, it's good. It's good. Oh, we're sad for the people here, but it's good. It's bad. Oh, if you're born again, it's good. But we're so afraid to die, aren't we? We're so afraid to die. There it is again. See, 
Fear must be awfully powerful, huh? must be awfully powerful because it's the weapon that the enemy uses over and over and over and over again. Fear, fear, fear. It's the same weapon. Lies and fear. Lies and fear. Lies and fear. Over and over and over and over. And we can't take captive every thought. Dr. Paul Gosselin did. He said, I'm not going to do that. Huh? Others are doing that. I ain't doing that. I'm not jabbing my kid. Why? Well, you, you better jab it. huh? You won't get a job. You won't get to eat. There you are, motivated, scared by fear. That's not what we're supposed to do. What's going to control your body? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. You are in total, through the Holy Spirit, you are totally in control of your will. You are. You're in total control of your will. Should I do this or not do this? A thousand times, a million times a day, that thought comes into your head. Should I or shouldn't I? That's your will. Will power. So the problem we're all dealing with, and we've seen it manifest itself all throughout the world, is nobody has any willpower anymore. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They're not trained by the Holy Spirit, which is why I got to get back to it. We used to regularly call a fast here. We would call a fast because a fast. A food fast is one of the greatest ways to discipline yourself, to teach your body no. No. And if you can't say no to a piece of candy, you got no chance against the devil. And so I'm going to open it up here. What we're dealing with is my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We don't understand that all power has been given unto us. All power has been given the ability to say no or yes to everything that comes upon you. You have that power right now. When the IRS, when the FBI, when the CIA, when whoever, when they pull into your driveway, you have the power to tell them everything or not tell them everything. It's up to you, dude. It's up to you. You say, well, listen, if I don't tell them the truth, they're going to throw me in jail. Well, go ahead. <laughs> I ain't telling you the truth. Why? Because my will says I'm not going to do it. Right? You guys picking this up? You understand, you understand what's going on? And that ability to say no comes from on high. You have to be trained. You have all power and authority. All power. It told us that the toughest thing to tame is the tongue. It's the toughest thing to tame, but it must be able to be tamed. Right? How many times has your tongue got you in trouble? How many times do you go around as a Christian mumbling how great the devil is? Oh, he's doing this and he's doing this. and huh? Well, why are you giving praise to the devil? Shut up about it. You walk in victory. You call those things that are not as though they are. Say, it doesn't look good, but there's something good coming. There's something good that doesn't look good, but it's good. Because his promises, all things work together for good. There's good coming. It may not look good, but it's coming. Again, folks, is anybody getting this? Are you getting it? We're supposed to be walking in victory. We're supposed to be walking in power. We ought to be walking up to our government officials and giving them the spiritual bird. But we won't do that. Why? Mind, will, and emotions. We're scared. What's going to happen to me? Well, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you. You're going to die. At <laughs> some point, <laughs> you're going to die. And when you, when you die and you get on the other side, you're going to say, Dad, go on, I should have done this sooner. <laughs> I should have done this sooner. 
It's fear. Denny Bryan, come on in, Denny. Good to hear from you, Denny. Love your show. I couldn't agree with you more, Coach. Amen. And you're talking about the body, soul, and spirit. I just got a question for you, then, on the way you're explaining it. You know, five years ago, in and I died, you know, it's all documented, and I got a graph and everything. I flatlined three minutes when I was in the hospital. And I was in the spirit. I don't know where I was at. I was up in the clouds, and I was drifting towards the bright light that everybody talks about. Yes, I saw it. Yes, I was floating towards it. And I remember looking down, I had total awareness of what was going on. And I looked down below me and I could see right to me. I had no body. I was just strictly a spirit. My question is, was that just my spirit or was that my spirit and soul that was there? I don't know the answer to that. It's a good question, isn't it? Huh? Because your, your soul obviously is the ability to think and see and reason and all that stuff, right? But we know that, hey, folks, we know this. It's in, uh, oh, somebody, somebody. I know you fact check me. Uh, the soul, the spirit returns to God. The spirit, uh, uh, boy, I wish I gone hold. I wish I could show you that. When you die, the spirit, which is life, returns to the Lord from whence it came. That's hard for us to conceive, isn't it? Because the life that we live here is a spiritual life in an unspiritual world. So we had to create this to get us in. And, I don't know it all. I just know some. Clay. Coach, before we're born again, we live our whole life learning how to live from human interaction and human teachings. And then when we receive the Holy Spirit and, and we choose to be born again, then we live the rest of our life receiving our direction from Holy Spirit interaction and teachings. And we have a new spirit and a new set of eyes and a new heart. And we have to learn to do everything that we learned before through a new set, that new set of eyes and that new spirit leading us. And we have, and everything we do has to be learned over again. So and it wasn't, wasn't it Jesus Christ himself who said, you don't even understand natural things. How are you going to understand spiritual things? Isn't that what he said? Isn't that what he said to him? You, you guys won't even do it right here in the natural. How, you gonna, how can I explain spiritual things to you? And coach, another thing that we've got to compete with now, before, when we were little, we just had that human interaction that was teaching us. Now we got artificial intelligence yep, that are yep, teaching yep. our children. Yep, yep, amen, amen. The enemy's coming in. And we can still... Take captive every thought. We still can do that. In fact, it is the key thing to do. Take captive every thought <laughs> to bring it to the obedience of Christ. And you're going to make it through this world. Jeremy, come on in. Hey, sorry. Um, important arsenal that we have is the sword of the spirit. So in, as far as saying no and teaching yourself to say no, James 4, 7 through 10, submit to God. Resist the devil, draw near to God, he draws near to you. That's the basic breakdown of it. But Amen. it's important. Amen. And then that'll help us. Again, it's an extra Jeremy, it's an exercise of the will, isn't it? I choose instead of me getting something happens in my life, I get upset, and instead of me sitting around worrying the whole time, what if I just turn to go get in the word? What if I go find some 
comfort in the word about the situation I'm in. But no, we would rather be controlled by our emotions. We would rather have our emotions control our life. That's what happens to women. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what happens to men and women when they marry the wrong person. Because they were in love with their body or their, the emotion of love. And they weren't able to pull back and say, whoa, wait a minute, let me take a, whoo, let me take a look at this car before I buy this thing here, right? It sure sounds good. It sure looks pretty, right? And we, we enter into marriage mostly off of emotion, sadly. Uh, Jeff, then uh, Rochelle and Randy. Don't you ever notice? I mean, over the years, we've noticed this. As you get out in the streets, you're chatting with somebody, and they said, oh, I go to church, or I'm a Christian. And then the number one question you ask them is, are you born again? And lots of times, you get that deer in the headlight look like, what are you talking about? As yep. you're doing this this yep. morning, I'm thinking, you know what? Because we've always just let walk the aisle, said a prayer, and you've always said, you're just stacking them up like firewood. Think yep. about it. In 20 minutes right there, you just give them the gospel. If we would do it that way, then they'd be educated in 20, 30 minutes, say, now you get it, brother. Are you ready to enter into this lifestyle and do it that way? That was, I like that. I'm going to use that. So we would all be better. We, the world would be better if everybody took captive every thought brought into the obedience of Christ. Everything would be better. Friends, I'll bet you if I were to do a survey, I'm trying to think of the number. Not, I don't know. Not 20 in a 1,000 have any idea what we just talked about. Have any idea that go to the church. They have no, idea, no understanding of it at all. Rochelle. Hey, good morning, team. Thanks, Coach. Um, yeah, so between the spirit and soul, I just wanted to, uh, this is how I think of it. You know, the soul, it's, it's earthy. It, we were made from dirt, and that's where all of our senses come in. And um, this is where we get happiness and what's happening to us and our surroundings. Whereas the spirit, this is heavenly. This is how we get in contact with our God, our creator. And this is where joyfulness actually comes from. Um, and the scripture you were looking for is Ecclesiastes 12, 7. And um, I, I think this is what you're looking for. Then the dust shall return to the earth as it was and the spirit shall return to God who gave it. There it is. There it is. Um, and I think before, I mean, I believed in God, but before I actually believed that his son died and came back to life, before that was a reality to me, then if I had um, a question on what to do, I wasn't going to the spirit. I was saying, okay, well, which is the hardest? And usually yeah. that's what the spirit is going to tell you to do anyway. <laughs> Right, right. So um, just to note, if you haven't been spirit filled, it's usually the hardest thing is what you're supposed to do. Thanks, Amen. Sir. Amen. The spirit is life. The spirit is the spirit. Oh, the spirit quickens your natural body. When you leave your natural body, the spirit returns to the Lord. Folks, come on. This isn't hard for us to understand. You are alive in Christ. Here we're alive through the Holy Spirit, through the Spirit of God. When we are dead, we are alive through Christ. I, the life that I now live, I live by the God. Golly. 
Randy. Yeah, we, you can't teach all this in one hour, Coach. But it's the. But, but I don't look, know if I can. I don't know if I can anyway. I'm trying. Well, you know, I appreciate you trying. List, a lot of people are just ignorant about this, and we need to know. But, but Hebrews four twelve, Coach, that is the key verse to understand the difference between the soul and the spirit. And the only way you can get to that is to divide it, and that's what divide asunder. What it means in the Greek is is the word merismos. And, and that's the only place, is, it's only used at one other time in the whole Bible. But the, we have to know the difference, Coach. That's the whole point. If you don't, you're doing things from this level of the soul that you think is spiritual, and, and you can't get to God through a lot of times if you're doing that. Because it's John 4, 24, Jesus said, you must worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So in other words, if you're just coming to him from the mind, will, and the emotions, you, you may not be in the spirit, in other words. So you know. there is a huge difference, Coach, between the soul and spirit. And, Randy, and I, that's, pow that's power and authority, right? Power and authority. God has given you the power and the authority to do the right thing. He's given the us the only, power. The, yes, sir. Without the, the word spirit, of God, Coach, the word, the written word, is the and the true the spoken word is the raiment that is the only way you can discern the difference so we think we think we're sometimes we're being spiritual and we're not coming we're coming trying to approach god through the soul realm which is the, no different than a witch trying to do intimidation and manipulation that's all from the soul, soulish realm we have to understand this is two different trees this is the yep. two different trees this is two different kingdoms and and the only way we can take authority over the soul is by the word of God, the truth. And, and that's, that's how you have to discern the difference. That's how you. Amen. That's why that's folks. The thoughts, in other words. That's why so much of charismaniacism has become emotional. It's nothing more than emotion. Much of it. Matt, come on in. Then Janine. Um, very good. Very good uh, show this morning, Dave. Thanks, Matt. I, I just want to make one one comment, you know. I go back to 2015 when uh, all the gay movement come up and everybody was saying, you know, I'm born that way. I'm born that way. And we are. I, I was born to be gay. I was born to be a thief. I was born to be a killer. I was born to do all that crap. I was born to, to, to do the worst things in the world. And being born again, Jesus was right. I mean, that's the only way we put all this other side. So all these preachers out there that never preach that, that are preaching that, being gay is okay. Every one of them have never been born again. Every preacher that is preaching that has never been born again. And that's the problem in our society today. If if we could if we could have you, Dave, and, and really anybody teaching the same thing over and over and over again, we may get the point across that just some of these people that say, hey, we're all born gay, you dummy. We're all born gay. It's when we change. And we take the Holy Spirit and, and change it. it, it you know, I, the verse of the day today from Bible Gateway was from 1 Corinthians 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Isn't that amazing? Dave, yeah. what you just talked about this morning comes right from the verse of the day today. The Holy yeah. Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Amen. Therefore, honor God with your Amen. body. Wow. That's the verse of the day today is right in line with what you're talking about. God bless you, Dave. Keep her Thanks, up. Man. <laughs>
Amen. Janine, come on in, then uh, Craig. Um, in the beginning, God, when he made Adam, he was nothing. He came from the dust of the ground and he breathed breath in him. That is, he breathed his spirit in him. When you yes, die, when you die, you're, it says your mind has no remembrance anymore. But what does go back to him is the breath of life. Now, yeah. we talked about your, if you look up soul, mind, and heart, they're all the same thing. It's the mind. And that's, it, it, the Bible says when you die, it ceases. But we talked about bapt born again. People don't, I think, have a, maybe a misconception. When you're born uh, first, you, uh, you get the breath of life. He gives it to you, okay? But it's your choice. When you become born again, you're going under the water. You're dying to yourself and you're coming up anew. I believe at that point, um, Christ breathes new breath in you because now right. all your mind is seeking for is seeking after him. You be, you're becoming, you aren't a new creature, but you're becoming yeah. a new creature yeah. because you're, it, it's continuation. Yes, um, but, and when you die, that breath that he gave you goes back to God and everything that you have when you die is left in that state in the ground. Um, there's no remembrance, it says. Amen. And near-death experiences are just that. They are, you haven't died. You haven't died. <laughs> Amen, Janine. Good, good word. We're on the same page. Craig. Chuck Misler uh, explained it to me and uh, helped me to understand the best. Remember we used to have those three and a half floppy disks we put in our computers? Yeah. That's our soul, okay? The information that's impregnated on that, that disk that is your spirit, okay? And so our soul is a physical thing. It's our bodies. It's a repository where our spirit has to manifest itself in our reality. When we leave this reality, that, that information, just like you could take that three and a half inch disc, fill it up with the information and send it out through the airwaves. That information now is out in the airwaves. It does not necessarily rest in that three and a half inch disc. And that's the same thing with our body. Our spirit only rests in this soul for a period in this time. But God is going to reconnect it together with a new three and a half inch floppy. Okay. And a perfect connection. Okay. So here's, I'm with you, Craig. Folks, here's, here's my point. See, here's my point. The connection of the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to control every thought, every action, every thing you do. That's what the Holy Spirit gives you. And until you're born again, you don't have that power. Betty. I have to kind of agree. There's a lot, a lot of Christians out there, but there's very few born again. That seed is planted when you are born again. And I knew it was uh, planted when I was born again, when I was 13. But I definitely did have nobody, because I had pastors around me, I had parents around me, I had friends yep. around me. Nobody led me and told me what it really meant to be, to walk that way. So it took 60 years, because I knew I was empty. Thank God for you and your family there, and everybody, you know, you are all my family. You have got me in the right direction in the last year and two months, because that's all I've been with you. I have learned more from you all than I have had of 64, four years Amen. of pastors. So I thank you, I love you. 
Amen, buddy. Amen. Gene, quickly, get uh, you in here. Yeah, it's sometimes we get caught on the interpretation like that word again. If you look yeah. it up, I really believe in the Hebrew. It means from above. You I believe you're right. Born from above. Yes. Well, in fact, he says that in John 3, does he? must be born from above. In other words, you're born just a, you're just born a battery. And when you get born again, Amen. you get a solar battery. Amen. You get a solar battery. You get Amen. a different Recharge. type of communication, right? Recharge. Hey, God bless you. Have a great weekend. Hope to see all of you at Betty's and the men Sunday afternoon. Uh, looking forward to it. God bless. See you on Monday.